Greetings, magnificent souls to the Lily Bewley podcast, where we have open and honest discussions about ourselves. This is your host, Lily Bewley, and I'm honored to have conversations here with thought leaders, visionaries, healers, and even solo conversations with myself about things I am currently reflecting on. This is a place where we break down, break away, and break through our emotional trauma, allowing ourselves to be healthy, be happy, and live a peaceful life. We are tired of being sick and tired. We are tired, but we are not giving up. We know that there is something magnificent inside of us. And because we are fighting daily, hourly, and by the minute, fighting ourselves, our kids, our spouses, we have to do things differently. We have to break the cycle. We don't have a million chances. We have to be happy now. We have to find a way. So how do we do that? How is that possible? If you look around at what society is telling you, they tell you that what we're doing is impossible. Yet it's happening every single day. And it's happening through the practice and the love that we call awakening the magnificent soul. We are all magnificent souls. And these are our stories of healing. Today in episode 119, I welcome Dr. L. Carol Scott to the show to chat about brain wiring and our development. Don't forget to let me know your thoughts about this episode or anything you'd like me to cover on future podcasts at epiphanyvault.com. Remember, it is a safe place and I would welcome the discussion. And also a request, if you are enjoying the show, please rate and share and review so we can get out the word to more and more souls who want to heal. My guest today, Dr. L. Carol Scott, believes that relationships are at the heart of all of our success. As a TEDx speaker, author, coach, trainer, and keynoter, Dr. Scott's unique model helps to revolutionize success through self-aware emotional and social intelligence from your business network to your family, or even to your love life. Dr. Scott's clients are people with growth goals who are looking for unexpected strategies to achieve success. And I know you're going to love this conversation with Dr. L. Carol Scott. Dr. L. Carol Scott, thank you for coming on the show. TEDx speaker, author, coach, all of the things, been in the game for a while. I'm excited to see what this conversation brings up. Oh, me too, Lily. This is going to be really fun. Yes, absolutely. Um, you've been studying this, um, the effects of childhood trauma, um, the effects of um, the brain and wiring before age three or mm -hmm. at age three, and then going up to age seven for quite a long time. Why is this important? Um, yeah, this really has been my career, this study of early development from birth to age seven. Um, and, you know, I have to say that at the beginning, I didn't know why it was important, but something happened to me that I think can only be a spiritual moment. Mm. When I took my first class in child development as an elective in college, I was going to be a psych major. I was pretty clear. I was going to be a clinical psychologist. I knew what I wanted to do. And then I took this class in child development and literally something grabbed me and said, oh, huh, come on, going this way now in your life. <laughs> And so I became someone whose expertise area and work area was the development of children from birth to, mm -hmm. to age seven. And what we learned along my career path was that uh, the really important, crucial part of that is brain development, that mm -hmm. we humans are literally born without brains. 
we're born with a, a big skull full of a lot of empty, loose neurons floating around in spinal fluid, and they're not connected to each other in any meaningful kind of way, except in one important way, all of our senses are hooked up to the sensory deep processing, sensory processing parts of our brain. Mm. And so the world can affect us through our senses, anything that happens to us, any sensation that we have, auditory, gustatory, anything we taste, anything we hear, anything we touch, it all sends signals to the brain that bring those neurons together into new connections and literally create the architecture of our brain. And the reason that um, I always refer to three years old as the first sort of mile marker in that is that 85% of that process is done by the time you're three, 85% of your brain just got built from birth to three. And then over the next two years, a little bit more gets built. And so by five, it's 95% built. Now you don't even go to kindergarten yet (laughs) with your built brain. Mm -hmm. You've been building it in you know your home in your child care in your neighborhood um, in the kinds of places that kids go before they enter kind of big public institutions of learning and and uh, society and so it's really important what happens in those first three to five years really important for Mm -hmm. all children and uh, my career has been about the fact that we don't pay enough attention to it and so now i'm Mm -hmm. i'm going to be teaching more and more people why it's important I love that. That is a, that's a beautiful mission. Something that's coming up for me is my nephew. I I call him a COVID baby because Mm -hmm. he, um, you know, he basically was in the house for, you know, a year or two years, Mm -hmm. year and a half with just his family. So like, you know, Mm -hmm. I can only imagine like going out into the open, like going into a restaurant, you know, when he comes over here, he, he freaks out, you know, and that I'm sure that could be, you know, um, subjective, like his, his subjective experience. But I often wonder like what kind of effect that's going to have on him as far as like, you know, social capabilities, um, you know, speech or what have Mm -hmm. you. It's just Mm -hmm. so interesting to think about. Well, and the early returns on that, the research is starting to show already on children's development that there are delays for these kids who were Mm -hmm. born right at the beginning of that pandemic, their experience got limited. They did not go out in public. I mean, think about what I just said. Mm -hmm. The sensory input of into their nervous system is what wired their brain. So you're a baby who goes out in public all the time. You go to the grocery store with your mom, you go to the laundromat, you go on errands, you go to the park, you go to play group. You have a lot of experiences Mm -hmm. before you're three years old that those kids did not get. And so, yeah, we changed their brain wiring and they are different mm-hmm. from kids who are that age uh, in a more typical developmental environment than we've yeah. been at. Yeah, so interesting. So you would say, I remember mm-hmm. writing a, a, before I even you know stepped into this work or what have you, I wrote a paper on nature versus nurture in college. So um, I've I don't even know why I'm asking this, but (laughs) I wrote one of those papers too, Lily. (laughs) Wait, are we twin souls? (laughs) And I can tell you, you know, that uh, what we didn't know when I wrote my paper and maybe didn't know when you wrote yours is hands down. It's absolutely nurture, Mm. you know, very little of who we are comes in on the nature side of things. We get some DNA makeup about how our physical body is going to develop. We get some, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of pre-wiring. And that's one of the areas that I work in too, is that 
part of that pathway of wiring from birth to three to five has some intention in it. And so, for example, most of what kids develop from birth to three is about their capacity to get along with other people. Mm. Astonishingly, who we are as a social being gets created before we can talk to people very well. Mm. And so we have learned already what kind of person we are, how much we matter in the world, what's important about us, and how to get what we want from other people by the time we're three years old and we don't remember any of that. Mm. And so as adults, it's very important. It behooves us to look at how are we getting our needs met? How are we getting what we want? Who are we showing to people compared to who we feel we are on the inside? Mm -hmm. How much alignment is there? Um, and how much of who we really were intended to be, if you will, mm -hmm. has been uh, oppressed, driven away, curated away into long-term storage by trauma, by disinterested parents, by something as simple as post-traumatic uh, depression or post-traumatic mm. depression, postpartum depression is what I meant mm. to say. Yeah. You know, everything from kind of common daily experiences to really true uh, destructive traumatic experiences can completely change who we can be. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot coming up for me about that. And that was, I think, a curious question that I have is what, you know, I talk a lot about here about emotional trauma and if everything is wired by three or 85% was wired mm -hmm. by, by, age by three, three mm -hmm. what's the, um, what is, what's the impact or what's the, I don't know, what's the correlation, I guess, between that. And like, if I did experience maybe which I did emotional trauma. I know yeah. I did. I know my mom did. I know like I probably experienced in the womb or what have you, mm -hmm. but what's um, what's the correlation? How does that all fit into that, that type of work? Well, there's been some research done on a set of traumatic experiences called the ACEs, the Adverse Childhood Experiences. You've probably heard of those. Mm -hmm. um, and the ACEs were found located in research, if you will, in the 1990s as uh, being experiences that are so challenging to the developing nervous system that they actually create the long-term prediction of physical um, debilitating conditions, long-term degenerative diseases like heart diseases and um, diabetes and uh, chronic uh, uh, anti-inflammatory kind, you know, those kinds of sicknesses that you just get progressively worse all the time as mm. time goes by. Um, the, the prediction is that back, this was back in the nineties now, that 50, I want to say it's 53% of us have at least one of these 10 aces in our lives. And as many as 17% of us have four or more. Um, and they're things that you would expect. They're physical abuse, uh, emotional abuse, and sexual abuse. So three types of abuse, physical neglect and emotional neglect two types of neglect. So those, that's half of them right there, five of them. And then the other five are five types of family dysfunction. Uh, the loss of a parent to uh, divorce or death. That's the one that is like so universal now that mm -hmm. almost everybody has one because mm -hmm. of that one. Um, a parent with a diagnosed uh, mental health problem, a parent who is bipolar or a parent who is um, depressed, and that includes things like postpartum depression. Um, a parent who uses drugs and alcohol routinely as um, in addictive kinds of ways. A parent who is engaged in active criminal activity in the home or is incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And I always forget this last one. Mm. 
Isn't that funny? It's probably one that I have too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. That's yeah. Your dissociative identity is kicking in right now. All right. Right. <laughs> you can't remember oh, this one, Carol. Bye. I'm sorry. I have to go get some water now. <laughs> That's yeah, what so I always there's say. Five forms of family. And this, this isn't a chart on my website. So anybody who wants to look oh, it up good. can go to lcarolscott.com and get that last family dysfunction one that I can't think of. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if we have multiples of those, then the likelihood that as adults, we're going to have difficulty in the adult playgrounds that we play on is high. Mm -hmm. um, our social skills are not going to be good. I came into adulthood with seven of those in my history, seven of those aces. Mm -hmm. And so I really had very little ability to do what I'm doing right now with you. <laughs> I would have literally had to be like running for the hills trying to do something like this. So um, there, the good news is there's life on the other side of even seven aces. There is yeah. recovery, there is freedom from the pain, there is uh, I, what I call development do-overs. There's rewiring your brain, there's changing your behavior, there's rewiring your brain and it doesn't have to, you're not stuck with what you grew up with mm. ever. Yeah, do you do research anymore or is it, uh, is, no, okay. No, I, I worked up. in university environments for a while. <laughs> yeah, we can uh, sign yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> Something came up for me. Um, that's, yeah, it's so important and I, you know, I think, we have, you know, talked about ACEs here and it's so important that, you know, the awareness piece, I think that's the first, like, I, personally, I'm not a doctor, but personally, I feel like that that is part of rewiring is just being aware, you know? Yes. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. You know, I was talking to someone last night and I always say, you know, it's, it's a wonder I'm not in jail, jail or dead at this point. Yes. <laughs> to be real. I mean, to completely, yes. completely that's authentic. <laughs> that's authentic. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I often will say um, that I expected to be dead before I reached the age of 30. Mm. And it was statistically predictable. I mean, it was I mm. should either have been I should have been dead in jail or um, institutionalized for some kind of mental health problem or mm. on the street. I mean, I, my predictive outcome was pretty bad. Now, here's the good yeah. news. Also, yeah. I had a lot of resilience factors in my life. When I look at why mm -hmm. I wasn't one of those things by the time I was 30 and I made it into therapy at 30 so that I could recover, it's because I also had a lot of resilience factors. I grew up in a middle-class family in a middle-class mm -hmm. neighborhood. I went to good schools. Mm -hmm. My grandparents, we didn't have money because my parents were divorced, but my grandparents sent us to summer camp. I got all kinds of great resilience creation ex experiences mm -hmm. yeah. um, through my childhood. And so I was nuts. I was think I was certifiable. I was a danger to myself and to others, not physically so much as emotionally. I could hurt people really, really easily. And I was very easy to hurt, mm -hmm. you know, so there was a lot wrong. I don't mean to say that everything was hunky dory from those right. seven aces, but, um, I, I was, I made it, um, I made it out alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. We weren't, we shouldn't have quote unquote. Shouldn't yeah. Have. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, people, I'm, that's why I just love these types of conversations because it brings awareness and a sense of belonging, you know, and hope. To, <laughs> yeah, and hope and hope. Yeah. yeah. You're not stuck with it. You can change it. Yeah. 100%. Let's transition into the developmental do-overs. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, like when you, when I think a, a person that is maybe just hearing talk of this or feels that he or she is just 
because this was, you know, to be completely honest, this was me for a long time. It's just like, okay, these are the hands that I'm dealt. Like, <laughs> change, you know, I don't see, there's no example of this in my life. This is just, you know, I'm just yeah. bad at communication. I'm bad at relationships. I, you know, I'm repeating the patterns of my past or my, my parents. And I'm just, that's all, that's all I get, you know? That's right. There um, it is. What is, what, you know, what comes up for you when people you know, think that way, like that, you know, if everything starts, you know, is pretty solidified by age three and then pretty done by age seven, then are we just shit out of luck or what? Happened? Yeah, no, we're not. Unfortunately, we're not shit out of luck at all. <laughs> and that's because of the brain's plasticity. So mm-hmm. good, you know, it's like if it can build itself in three years, how amazing is that? Mm-hmm. You would guess that it probably has a lot of power to remake itself, rebuild itself. And of course you'd be right. And everything that we know from brain injury and stroke and a whole lot of other areas of medical knowledge tell us that the brain can rewire itself to mm-hmm. do things that have parts of us that have been literally capacities that have been literally destroyed. And so it is possible to rewire the brain. um, And it is possible to create new connections and let go of ones that you don't need anymore. And so what I've done is take a look at the social and emotional capacities that we get as little kids, are we supposed to get as little kids, and that we really need as adults. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean to say that these self-aware success strategies are all of the social and emotional capacities that little kids get. By far, they're not. They're just seven significant ones that make life better for us as grown-ups if we've got them. And so what I say is you need to learn how to trust the way an infant trusts. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to be as independent as a toddler. Independence knowing who you are, your authentic self. You need to have the faith of a three-year-old child. You need to know how to negotiate like a four-year-old because negotiation to get what you want instead of manipulation is always better. Have the vision that a five-year-old kid has to engage a whole room full of kids in doing what they want. Learn how to compromise so that you can get along in a big group and learn how to accept that sometimes stuff doesn't work out. Mm. Trust, independence, faith, negotiation, vision, compromise, acceptance, seven self-aware strategies for mm. emotional and social success when we're grownups. And we get one of those, we have the sort of window of developmental opportunity to wire our brains around one of those each year from birth to seven. Mm. And so what I do is focus on, well, how do we rewire those seven things? How do we get to know ourselves better around trust the way we did as an infant? So let's start there. Let's give you an example of development do-overs for trust. Yeah. Infants, if you think about it, have no strategy that works other than to trust us. That's the only strategy they have. Newborn babies are completely immobile. They're completely unable to take care of themselves. They would die Mm -hmm. without us, right? In like three days, they'd be dead. And so they trust that we will take care of their needs and keep them alive. That's all they got. And the way that they cultivate that then over the first six months of their life is about what happens in response to that basic trust. I'm here. I need to be fed. Do you come and feed me? Mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm crying because I'm cold. Do you come and help make me warm? Mm -hmm. My diaper is wet and shaping my skin. Do you come and take it off and give me some relief? When I want, when I need things to be different, I communicate to the world, hey, not going good over here. (laughs) Does anybody care? Does anybody come? Does anything change? And if my pattern over and over again is somebody comes, something changes, I feel better. Mm -hmm. Then my core trust that the world is there for me 
it's in a good space. And I'm, as an adult, I'm able to have needs, feel comfortable, feel okay having needs, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. nothing wrong with me for needing things from other people. And I'm good at getting my needs met by other people. Mm. And if I'm not, then I don't trust anybody to meet my needs. I don't think the world is there for me. I feel all alone. I feel like I have to do everything myself. Um, I can't take any praise from anybody else and I can't ask for any help. And I never delegate if I'm a boss. Yeah. Carol, That's stop, stop seeing the pre, the pre hillbilly. <laughs> the pre hillbilly feels very seen right now, Carol. That's the get out of my head moment for yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, so good. <laughs> All right, so the do-over then is to say, so what's that look like in your life right now? How are you getting your needs met? Let's focus on the needs because that's what trust is really all about. It's not a, an on off switch. I either trust you Lily, or I don't trust you Lily. Mm -hmm. Lily, I trust your ability to meet the need I have for what is it? What do mm -hmm. I need from other people that you do for me? Mm -hmm. And so the development do over begins with saying, what do you need from other people? What do you need? Mm. And we look really deeply um, into, in my longer term coaching work, we look really deeply into 12 categories of human needs and say, what do you need in each of these 12 areas? Wow. Who's yeah. meeting those needs? Who doesn't meet those needs? And you know, damn good and well, you shouldn't go try to get it there <laughs> because you're just going to walk away with your forehead bloody from the brick wall. Mm. It's, it's a waste of your time and energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Looking at things like that helps us change our pattern of behavior around getting our needs met and then we change our wiring so it's like it's a backwards engineering from changing yeah. behavior yeah yeah wow that is yeah that's so powerful and um i think you know one of the biggest things i had problems with um i don't think i mentioned this at the beginning but um one of the reasons that this podcast even started in 2018 was i started learning about codependency and um, like literally the first episode was what is codependency? And I just read a bunch of definitions and I like, that. I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like, this is what it really feels like to me or whatever. And I just, there was no, no fanfare, no nothing other than just my voice. And I think one of the things through my development is that, you know, even what you're saying right now, it was really hard. Like, you know, there's a, there's a, a gap between you know, I want to ask somebody for what I need or what I want, but I don't know what that is. Like I hadn't even, right. you know, I hadn't even, no one had asked me that before, you know, no one, you know, cared enough to listen. I was, right. my energies were outside focused rather than inside focused. You know, there's mm -hmm. this whole thing there, you know, thousands yeah. of hours of conversation we could have about this probably. <laughs> um, but what I, I don't know if you would agree, but I think like at the beginning for me, it was just like, okay, like, I don't know, I don't even know exactly what it was, but it's like, I want something else, or I don't know what I need right now, or mm -hmm. this doesn't mm -hmm. feel right, or like all of this stuff. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? I, there was no question in there other than me rambling. Yeah, but no, I think it is difficult <laughs> often, especially for those of us with high ACEs scores, like it's very difficult mm -hmm. for us to know what we need, mm -hmm. because our needs have been disregarded, or we were told that they were just flat out wrong. Yeah, that's true. They were, they were the wrong needs to have, and we were bad people for having them. Mm -hmm. We've been trained from early childhood to think that being needy is something heinous, something mm -hmm. ugly, something you should never be. And it's leveled at women like a... <laughs> like a saber at our throats a lot being needy is like such an ugly thing to be mm. if you're a woman right but the truth is the honest truth is all human beings have needs and self-awareness 
around our neediness. What is it that we really need? And how are we getting those needs met is crucial to adult functioning. And it's something that most of us don't pay attention to at all. Mm. Don't yeah. have, most people can't answer the question at first. What do you need? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I asked somebody that yesterday. He's also, he's pretty early in his healing. Um, and you know, what's, you know, I ask people that all the time and not because it used to be a way for me to like find love or find connection, but just mm -hmm. now because I can handle it and I can hold it and all that stuff. And he's, he's like, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and that's okay for now, but yeah. Yeah. And you can back into some of these things. I was just doing a YouTube video this morning about backing into um, knowing what you need by starting somewhere further, looking at your, your anger and resentment as a message that something else just happened. So if you look at your disappointment in other people as a message about the fact that you needed something from them, that can yeah. start to spark your understanding of what it is you need. Yeah. The whole mirror thing. They didn't do it. Oh, what did they not do? Yeah. <laughs> I feel hurt. I feel bereft. I feel dropped down. I feel let down. Mm -hmm. What was that I was hoping for? Mm -hmm. That was something I needed and yes. I didn't get. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're a I always, um, so I work in dating and I love it talking about going to trigger town, yeah. because especially, when, <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially when I'm a, a coaching container, I'm like, let's go to trigger town. And every, yeah. like everyone on Instagram, uh -huh. like avoid triggers. And I'm like, no, let's go to trigger town. Because what that is saying, especially within the container of su support is it's really a message as far as like, what are you not getting that you want? And then like, what, exactly what you're saying is that when we can figure that out and we can break it down and be like, oh, you really want somebody to text you like once a day or something like that or whatever it is, you know? And yes, yeah, sometimes, you know, society will say that that may, may be crazy, but you know, that's another thing that we need to heal. So whatever, but yeah, mm -hmm. same idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, well, closing up here, so this went by so quickly. Um, <laughs> what do we, what do we miss? It's important in your work. Um, and, and what are you working on right now? Well, first I want to make sure to say that I want to give a gift to your listeners. Yes. So those of you who are listening to this marvelous podcast today, send me an email. Um, and Lily, if you'll put my email address in the show notes, but it's carol at lcarolscott.com. And, um, just tell me the name of the show that you heard me on. And I will send you a little, I call it my book at 28 pages, PDF cover to cover. And it explains the self-aware success strategies, the seven strategies we're supposed to develop as children, kind of how that happens mm -hmm. for us developmentally at each of those seven ages and how to kind of look quickly at your life with a series of questions to see how you're doing with those. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll send that right back to everybody who asks for it. So I want to be sure and say that I am, uh, pushing myself as a keynote speaker right now, but also um, getting ready to launch some website information about some new individual personal coaching options that I'm going to offer. And mm. I hope people will come try a free version of that. Once a month, I do a 90 minute free group coaching call on a Sunday afternoon mm. called the Sassy Sunday Salon. So come join okay. a salon, get your book at, join a salon and check out this kind of uh, reprogramming of your emotional yes. and social capacity. Yes. I'm just realizing that you're capping off, you know, you, when we got on, we started talking, like I had a, some great guests about nervous system. Um, I've had, I don't think I've had anyone, you know, as, as, as um, in, 
in deep into the brain and the expertise of the brain. So that's exciting to me. Thank you. Um, so I really appreciate your time. It's so important. And I'm, I'm so grateful for you and your work. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to speak to your audience, Lily. It's been a real mm. fun conversation. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on. What a breath of fresh air Dr. L. Carroll Scott is. Um, I'm always so, every time, um, I'm always so honored and um, humbled and just, there's just so much um, collaboration that happens when people that have been in this space for a long time come on the show. And I'm always super honored to have conversations with them that really mean a lot. And they mean a lot to me and they mean a lot to people. I get to share my story and um, it actually sometimes really, uh, results in some great collaboration, which is really exciting. I love what Dr. L. Carol Scott has to say about, um, you know, her story, first of all, and then also, you know, the importance of, of what happens to us, even when we don't really remember. I think that a lot of what we are taught um, as adults and as little humans is that we, um, we control everything. You know, we have this like mono mind, you know, uh, mindset, really, you know, be strong and be capable, which is great. Like it's great for posters and for motivation, but when it comes down to it, some of the stuff that, that we experience in our life, especially if we want to get better, especially if we want fulfillment and enhancement and love and success and all of that stuff is if that's something that we really, really crave and really desire. Sometimes it's really not all about what we can control, you know, like, um, what Dr. L. Carol Scott said about things that happen to us. The good news is, is that it can change. And that is not something that I ever knew, um, which is like something why this podcast, this space is so important is really talk about the things that nobody talks about. And that is something that I knew that I was capable of doing anything. I knew that I could get straight A's. I knew that I could, um, you know, win championships and win awards and trophies and all this stuff, but I didn't know that I could actually, um, change some actual things in my life that I really wanted. I didn't know, even know that I could want anything other than that. And I think it's just so important to continue to have these conversations about, um, how do we feel fulfilled? in our lives and in our love? How do we feel enhanced? How do we feel joyful? How do we feel happy? And it is possible, you know, Dr. L. Carol Scott mentioned that her ACE score was seven. I've taken the ACE test before and mine was an eight. And all of that means is just something that happened to us. And I talk about this a lot, not maybe not here in this space, but when I'm a guest on other podcasts, sometimes I wonder, you know, why I'm not, and you know, trigger warning everybody, but it's true why I'm not in a, oh, I did mention this in the show. Sorry. Why I'm not in, you know, a mental institution or in jail or dead at this point. And that is true based off my behaviors in the past. And I'm not proud of that. And it's not something that I'm bragging about, but I'm, it's factual. And the good news is, is all of that can change, whether that you are kind of coasting along and you have a relatively fun and happy life, but you don't feel fulfilled there are ways to feel fulfilled. And I think that is the most important point is opening up to a better way. Um, maybe sometimes even with guidance, like Dr. L. Carol Scott or myself, we'll just get you there faster. But there's always a better way if you're feeling unfulfilled, there's a reason for that, right? 
So I hope, hope you enjoyed the show. I love you all so much for being out there listening to my voice every Wednesday. Don't forget to click the link in the show notes to support the show. Click on the link and then go to support. Um, you have three different tiers to support the show from as little as a dollar a month will help me in production costs, finding amazing guests, or just, you know, throw some love my way and buy me a coffee. I won't say no. I'll gladly receive a coffee. So thank you in advance for supporting the show. Like I said, there's a dollar option. There's a $5 option and $10 option per month to go towards the show, the energy exchange that I'm giving here in this space. Just go to the link in the show notes and click on support to support me, the show, and all the great, wonderful work that we are all doing together to raise consciousness and our vibrations of love throughout the world. I love y'all so much. Thank you for being here. And don't forget, you are so supported. You're so loved and you belong here. And I'm so glad that we're in this space together. I'll see you next time.